Hi, it's Mark Bittman, and welcome to Food. Today's episode features an interview with a special guest and also features Kate Bittman as co-host. As always, you can reach us at food at markbittman.com, and we'd love to hear from you with questions, answers, suggestions, whatever you like. Please subscribe to the podcast and comment or rate us wherever you get your podcasts. And remember our near-daily newsletter, The Bitman Project, which you can subscribe to at markbitman.com or bitmanproject.com. Thanks for listening. Here we go. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. I recently joined the Culinary Council of the excellent, wonderful God's Love We Deliver, a nonprofit organization in New York City that delivers high-quality, medically-tailored meals to those struggling with illnesses, free of charge, regardless of income. God's Love started during the AIDS crisis in the 80s and 90s and 
has done nothing but grown and done good work ever since. So I'm proud to be supporting them. I'm really happy to be supporting them. I'm joining a group of terrific people, many of whom I know, and some of whom I'll have on the podcast in the not-too-distant future. But they include today's guest, who's actor Kyle McLaughlin. Everyone knows Kyle, but he's perhaps best known for being what you might call a muse, what he sometimes calls a muse, to the eclectic genius director David Lynch. He had starring roles in the original Dune, Blue Velvet, of course, and Twin Peaks, which firmly established him as acting royalty. But he's also known for Sex in the City, Portlandia, Desperate Housewives, and play the voice of Riley's dad in Inside Out. So technically, even my six-year-old grandson knows who he is. Kyle is also an extremely good guy, generous with his time, thoughtful. And we talked, of course, about David Lynch, but also about Kyle's winery, which is called Pursued by Bear and God's Love We Deliver, and cooking, which he does a lot of, and a bunch of other things. Kate is a huge fan of Kyle, as am I, and joined the conversation. I'm really happy to welcome him to the show. Here we go. I've been meaning to ask you this question for 30 years. Yes. (laughs) We watched Blue Velvet last night. Ah, you mentioned you were going to do that. What um, is Dennis Hopper? What's going on? What is Dennis (laughs) Hopper Hoffman? Well, you know, he was, um, it was intended to be some kind of um, helium initially. His voice did get a little weird. Yeah, he was supposed to, the idea was that when he breathed into that, it would change his voice to sound more uh, like a child, which is disturbing to think about. Yeah. Dennis Hopper well, child. Well, he did call, what's her name, mommy or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. So suddenly, like, oh, yeah. But I think when they found... When they actually did that, it sounded too, it was just too funny. (laughs) So Dennis suggested, um, and I think in his mind, I I don't know exactly. I think it was some kind of nitrous, some kind of, you know, uh, enhancement of some kind um, that was meant to be changing his personality in some scary way. But, you know, when it came down to it, it was basically just a, prop that didn't have any, you know, there was nothing going through it. So that was all Dennis just creating with that breathing and those (laughs) eyes over the mask, that kind of frightening, very frightening personality change. It is about the creepiest movie imaginable. It's very scary. (laughs) I loved it so much. Very scary. And very, um, some awkward moments and some sweet moments and some truly frightening, horrific moments. It was an experience to shoot it. You know, we actually all kind of had a fun, believe it or not, we had a good time together on it, just working in Wilmington. And we shot a lot of nights. So there was a lot of coffee consumed. Um, and I had the only cappuccino machine. Now that they're, you know, on every set, every craft service, they have a whole coffee machine, you know, anything you want, really. But at the time, I had like this old machine that I'd ordered. It wasn't old at the time, it was old now. I still actually have the grinder that still works. But I had this Gaggia machine, uh, and I was making cappuccinos for everybody. So they'd come to my trailer, play cards. So Dean Stockwell, Brad Dourif, Dennis Hopper, Jack Nance, me, in my trailer, and I'd be making coffees for everybody. Where was it shot? It was all in Wilmington, North Carolina. 
And as I said, a lot of nights, which really starts to mess with your head, you know, after you get into week four, week five of that switch, you, you, I found that I was going, I was making the transition fine. And then I started to go backwards. So then I started to not be able to stay up at night and I would stay, so I'd be up all night and up all day. And it was just weird. Maybe that contributed to some of the strange <laughs> strangeness of the performance. I mean, amazing how well you remember it, because it really was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. I remember certain things, you know, come back. It was my second film, and my second film with David as well. And much more um, in his, I think he was much happier, let's just say that, shooting Blue Velvet. It was a script that he wrote. And he gave to me to read while filming Dune in Mexico City. So I had to look at it early and I liked the script very much. Very, you know, it's disturbing, but it, it seemed to like go, oh yeah, I, this is a very frightening journey for this young character to, to go through. It was really what put him on the map too, I think, at least in my mind. Lynch, he had, yeah, I know he had a kind of a midnight presence with uh, Eraserhead. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And within the art community. And then the grandmother was before that. The alphabet was the first, then the grandmother. And these were student films. And then Eraserhead. And then Elephant Man kind of oh, right. set him into being considered for lots of things, including, I believe, Empire Strikes Back, the second installment. For a moment, I think he was on that list. He said I think no. if, I, if I hear, if the rumors are true. And then he decided, and then Dune happened, and then that was a crazy experience, and then Blue Velvet kind of brought him back, I think, to his, where I think he felt most comfortable. Anyway, this is a food podcast. <laughs> Not that you would know that. <laughs> I, uh, I'm Stephen, Stephen Cavello is one of my good friends, and he, um, so he invites me to all the God's Love stuff. And I saw your name on the Culinary Council, and I said, oh my God, yeah, do you know Kyle McLaughlin? And he was like, oh yeah, Kyle's the best. Uh, I felt casual, and I was like, okay, we're going to talk to him about food. Good. But uh, yeah. I, I, do have, I do have a question for you because I, you know, all of my friends are fans of yours, all of them. All of uh, my friends from all walks of life, and you're like this universal guy. And I think, you know, you've done all of these really iconic roles that I think you've made iconic. It's not that the roles themselves are necessarily iconic, which you can't say about a lot of people, I don't think. Thank you. And so I said to a bunch of my friends, does anyone have a question that you want to hear answered? Uh. And they're all like, oh, my God, I just love him so much. <laughs> Everybody. And I'm like, that's not helpful at all. Like, what kind of stuff do you want to hear him talk about? And everyone was just completely bewildered. So if I know this, then you must know that it exists? And how do you manage to sort of just live your life as a normal person? I, thank you. I, um, well, first I think I've, I've, I've had great good fortune in the projects that I've been involved with. And most of them, they sought me out. I think, I think primarily because of my relationship with Lynch and the, those kind of, those performances and those movies have had, had impact on you know, a whole legion of filmmakers and, and producers who, who really were affected by David's work and, you know, then by association, me, as his kind of, uh, the, 
alter ego. I don't think that's necessarily it, but maybe muse, I guess, or maybe I'm more of a, of like his presence in these projects as kind of his eyes and ears. And, you know, he followed me through. That certainly was true of Blue Velvet, certainly true of Twin Peaks. So I've had that good fortune. And then, you know, worked on Desperate Housewives and Sex in the City, which are iconic shows as well. And I joined those as, as they were already in progress. So I, I just, you know, guilt by association, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, I started as an actor. I trained at, uh, when I was younger in, at the university in an in a acting program to create repertory theater actors. That's what I was trained to do. And it's, to me, it's a, you know, it's a job. It's a great job, but it's a job. And then you just kind of, and then, then I, I have my life, you know? And so I do the job, I enjoy it, I have fun. And then I come back home to my life and, and I love my life. You know, I love my, my family and, and my world. And so I, I think both can exist in a healthy way. And I think that's, I guess it's, it hasn't really been an intended um, journey, but it's just the way it kind of has worked out. So I don't know. I don't know. It just kind of seems normal to me, I guess. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> just, it's just funny being on the other side of it. And yeah. People just freak out. Um, I freak out. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I got cast in this cool thing called Fallout um, based upon the video game that we're starting to shoot in uh, New York. Actually, we're shooting at uh, Steiner Studios there. And I knew nothing about the video game, but it's based on something that's quite popular, I guess. And, and so... They reached, reached out to me through a series of channels, and now I'm doing this thing that I'm kind of excited about because it's a, a completely new world, same creators as Westworld. And so uh, Jonah Nolan and, and, and um, Lisa Joy, and it's very cool. And I get to go into the, I get to be a part of this journey now, you know? So there's just a series of, there's like series, a series of vacations that you take into these unusual scenarios in unusual worlds, you know, and uh, it's fun to be able to do that. I'm very lucky. Do you get asked a lot of weird questions? Not a lot. Most of them make sense to you. I think I've, I've heard most everything. I'm surprised sometimes when I hear a new one, um, you know, someone has a different take on something or, you know, what's interesting is if someone comes up to me and says, I'm really a fan of, and I'm like, and I make a judgment immediately based upon whom I'm seeing and say, Oh, it, maybe sex in the city might be blue velvet could be Twin Peaks, you know, and they say something like, I really loved you in the trial. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> you're one of eight people that saw that. And I'm so glad. Thank you. And because um, I was kind of proud of it, too, but no one saw it. And so those are always kind of slightly, un those are unexpected moments, I guess. Was the trial Franz Kafka or, or John Grisham? Yeah, yeah. We, filmed, we filmed in Prague in 92 directed by David Jones, and it was uh, uh, Harold Pinto wrote the script. So a really nice pedigree. And I played um, the main character, and it was uh, Joseph K. And worked with Anthony Hopkins, worked with a wonderful, no, wonderful cast. And, you know, it was one of those ones that's like, well... <laughs> This would be great for the Criterion Collection. Like, <laughs> we'll watch. Really great movie. No one's going to see it. So when you're home, do you cook? 
because we really have to talk about food a little bit. Excellent. How lucky are we? Awesome answer. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. I do cook. I, I, if we, if I didn't cook, we would all, we would all starve here. My wife Desiree is not at home in the kitchen, um, but she's very happy that I am at home in the kitchen. And uh, and my son has a few skills. He's thirteen. He's off at camp now, but he he likes to. Uh, he's more of a in the baking world, and he'll just you know cookies. He loves you know m- muffins. He loves uh, rice krispie treats. He loves. So he's pretty. He's pretty capable in the kitchen, you know, and he manages okay. We worked together the other day on, we did a steak, seared steak on, on a cast iron with, um, you know, with the butter and the, and the laying on with the herbs and all that kind of thing after we did like a sear and a sear and then kind of were basting it. And um, he enjoyed that too. So um, it's things like that. There's nothing, nothing terribly um, involved, but, but simple things that I know that they like, my family likes in particular my son. Vegetables was always a challenge. And I, unlike my parents, feel like if we find a vegetable that works, we're just going to stick with it. There's no <laughs> suddenly we're going to like throw some lima beans at him, you know, or, or some kind of weird sauteed carrot thing. It's like he likes broccoli. Broccoli works. Great vegetable. Eat you know, it every night. You, you, Why you not? boil it for a minute and a half or however long. So it's, you know, not, it's not soft. Just, just got the nice crunch and, and, Pull it off, salt it. That's all you do. That's so and he funny. likes that. I, I do a cauliflower thing, which is nice too, which is a roasted cauliflower with a lot of um, cumin. And I dress it up with breadcrumbs, a little Parmesan, olive oil, of course. And we roast that till it gets pretty crunchy. And he likes that too. I don't think there's any nutrients left in it, but, but it, <laughs> it's tasty. You know. Tell me cumin? Cumin, yeah. He likes a lot of cumin, wow. yeah. You know, yeah. I was going to say cumin, Parmesan, olive oil. Breadcrumbs is an unusual combination. It's weird. I know. It's weird. Did you make it um, up? You do. You know, you take the cauliflower, you know, you get it all so even kind of sized pieces and then olive oil the heck out of it, salt, and then, you know, a couple tablespoons of cumin on there and just mix it all together, lay in a little breadcrumbs, a little bit of Parmesan, and then you do a little bit of Parmesan like halfway through the cooking um, as well. It roasts up. Really nice. It gets kind of crunchy and good flavors. I think the cooking takes the cumin and kind of soft, you know, takes it out a little bit. But the panko, I use the panko actually, is is nice because it gives a little bit of a crunch to it. What did you cook for dinner last night? Uh, last night was was kind of a throw-together meal. So we had sort of like a turkey meatball, which is sort of turkey, you know, doctored up with a few things, and then um, pan pans fried, pan seared, and then in the oven. Um, and then I just sort of put a, put a salad together that we had. So I had arugula and I had a little bit of um, fennel that was almost on its last legs. But I managed to find a few good, a little part of the bulb that works. So I shaved that off. And then I took a little radicchio um, that was also getting close to the end and peeled off the outer leaves. And I, and I sort of sliced that chiffon out pretty fine and mix those three things together, which is a nice combination. And then I took the other part of the arugula and I roasted it. I like to grill it. So a little olive oil and just grilled and then salt and a little bit of balsamic and you're done. My wife loves it. 
Um, so we have that sale. Then I also, we have some fresh tomatoes, which are nice. So our neighbor gave us some big heirloom tomatoes. So I kind of cut those into pieces with some thinly sliced sweet onion and basil. Again, kind of chiffon uh, out basil, mixed together salt, kind of just a you know simple tomato salad and a little bit of bread. Trying to do not too much bread, but you got to have a little bread with a tomato salad. And that was the, and that was it. So not too fancy, but you know, pretty healthy. Are you in California? I am in California. Yeah, back in LA. This is um, so we have a place in LA and a place in New York, and we have a, a nice kitchen in New York actually uh, for New York, a very nice kitchen. But my kitchen in LA is is really, it's it's a great one. It's got all all stuff you need. Want to talk about wine? Yeah, talk about wine. My favorite subject. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> And we had wine last night. Well, I had wine last night. My wife was like, she, she was said, oh, I think I'm going to pass the line. I said, okay. So we had some of my bear cub last night, which is the Cab Merlot Syrah blend that I just started a few years ago. Uh, it's a recent addition. Uh, and it's very, it's one of those very easy to just to kind of pull it off the shelf, open it up, and it's very satisfying. No fuss, no muss. Your wine's made in Walla Walla, right? Yes, my um, I don't actually own a winery, so I custom crush at a winery called Abeja, which is also a, a wonderful uh, smaller uh, production winery. Um, and my winemaker makes the wine, happens to make the wine for Abeja, and so he, and he also makes my wine. He's been making my wine since about two thousand eight. Dan Wamfler is his name, and so we've got a shorthand, um, and uh, I. I harvest, uh, I source from vineyards around the Columbia Valley, but from specific AVAs within that, uh, smaller AVAs within that, with growers that I've had, you know, relationships with for years. I've got my own rows. Um, I know what to expect. You know, the only thing that changes, of course, is just volume, You depending upon the, the year, how much you get off the vines, which changes, of course, the production. But, um, yeah, we've got, it, we've got it pretty much dialed in now but those are the and, grapes you were just talking about are like southern rhone grapes and you're growing them in the northwest is this a climate change yeah. thing you wouldn't expect syrah to be coming out of or i wouldn't i'm not that right. up in the wine world but yeah from washington state well there's there are there's really two washingtons you know um someone had the bright idea to, to nickname it the evergreen state and i'm like well that works if you live in seattle but if you live on the eastern side of the state, we should call it the sagebrush state because it's basically, it's just a dry, high plateau desert, you know, with, with rivers that run through that are beautiful. But, you know, there's not much rain over there. You have a, a rain shadow effect from two mountain ranges before you get to the east side. You get the Olympics, the Olympic Peninsula, the National Park there, which is pretty significant. And then you have kind of the, the Seattle Basin and, and, and that area of the Puget Sound. And then you have a second range of mountains called the Cascades, which are about 60 miles to the east of Seattle. And that stops really most of the moisture, those two ranges. So by the time you get over kind of into what we call the east side, eastern Washington, it, you know, there's not much rain. Um, so that and there's a lot of heat. And uh, so you can pretty much grow anything over there. And it just happens to be really great for vinifera they wine grapes do very well there and walla walla has become the mecca of you know it's kind of the center the hub of, of the winemaking industry in washington state 
And so I got involved in 2005, I guess, with my first vintage, just for fun. I was like, oh, let's make some wine. How do you do it? Who do I got to talk to? Okay. <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't even know what I was going to make. I had to talk to the winemaker at the time, a gentleman named Eric Dunham. And I say, what are we going to, you know, what should we do here? What's the best call? And he said, what do you like to drink? And I said, well, I really like Cabernet. He said, well, let's make Cabernet. I said, that sounds good to me. Let's make Cabernet. So that's really, it was about that simple. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include Dynamic Sky Panorama Glass Roof, Front Row Massaging Seats, you know you want that. Available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hi, folks. A word from our friends at Made In. Did you know that most of the dishes in Tom Colicchio's craft restaurant are made in, made in pots and pans? The braised short ribs, made in, made in. The Rohan duck, made in, made in. The heritage pork chop, you got it, made in, made in. Which isn't surprising. Made in has been supplying top chefs and restaurants with high-end cookware for years. For the simple reason that made in makes exactly what demanding chefs are looking for. Their carbon steel cookware, for example, combines the best of cast iron and stainless steel, gets super hot, and is rugged enough for grills or an open flame. Best of all, Made In is sold online, so their professional-grade cookware is far more affordable than other iron brands. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes on menus all around the world have in common. They're Made In, Made In. 
Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from the 18th until the 27th. Visit MadeInCookware.com. That's MadeInCookware.com. Thanks. Hi, folks. We have a new sponsor and an interesting one. We all take about 20,000 breaths a day, and Americans spend about 90% of our time indoors. That indoor air that we breathe can be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air, according to the EPA. And indoor air pollutants can cause respiratory symptoms like sneezing, congestion, scratchy throat, and even more serious health problems like lung and heart disease. So, what's the solution? Introducing Air Doctor, the air purifier that filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so your lungs don't have to. This includes allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code BITMAN, B-I-T-T-M-A-N, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to our listeners, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com. That's A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code BITMAN. You had a couple questions about wine. I was interested to hear about how climate does affect the winemaking process. Yeah, it's it's definitely a factor. Now, Eastern Washington is is hot, you know, and so we've been dealing with heat for years. The impact of climate change is being felt. I feel like the different intensities based upon where you are in the world. Um, as you were saying, we were talking earlier about England. I mean, right now, it's just crazy how hot it is there. But in eastern Washington, it's like, no, that's kind of how we roll. You know, it's, it's over 100, you know, for weeks at a time. So the growers have got knowledge about how to deal with that. So there's like a lot of canopy management. They, you know, they, everything is irrigated there. And it has to be irrigated. Um, so they just, you know, they just kind of keep an eye on it. And it just depends kind of on your you know, the intensity and how long the heat lasts as to when the harvest is going to be. Sometimes harvest starts as early as like mid to late August. This year it's actually two weeks late. So it'll be more mid-September, early October. The great thing about Washington, which people talk about is this diurnal shift. So hot days and then at night, because it is at altitude a little bit and it is a desert, it cools off. And so the grapes get a chance to relax a little bit and develop the, those bright acid flavors that are so important. Um, and then, you know, it comes back in the morning and, and the heat starts up again. Um, and it's one of the, it's one of the great things because you can balance the, the higher alcohol and the intensity of the fruit with this great structure that comes with these temperature shifts. The heat is one thing, but I think the fire situation, particularly, you know, up in here in California, those fires and the impact smoke has on the vineyards is almost more concerning. Um, you know, the heat you can kind of deal with, you know, if you do good canopy management, depending upon where your vines are, if you're on a slope, you get a little, you know, you get a little, um, 
breeze you know, can cool things off. But boy, if you get a fire in anywhere and that smoke comes in and stays around, you're going to have taint. And that's just a problem. That is what Californians all say. Well, I mean, also the smoke is, we all remember when our friends in California were walking around with masks before COVID. So, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about God's love because I love it. And uh, you are on the Culinary Council and Desiree is on the board, right? How did you get involved? I guess I should give some background. God's love is this incredible meal service delivery in New York. And it started in the AIDS crisis, I believe. Uh, They started delivering meals to people who were affected by AIDS. And now it's just, it's a force. And um, they do the most amazing work. How did you get involved? Desiree and I came to it. And Desiree actually came to it first through a friend, um, Blaine Trump, who's been involved with it for a long time. Um, She was for a time married to to Donald's brother, Robert. And... um, and she was involved along with Joan Rivers, the late Joan Rivers, and Desiree knew Blaine, and then I got to know Blaine, and she would talk about this organization, and I said, well, what is this organization? You know, what's going on here? And I said, oh, and they feed people, and as you described, they, they provide meals free of charge to people that are not able to, uh, you know, afford or get out of their, you know, their, their people that are home, uh, they're either suffering from some injury, disease, um, um, in treatment of some kind. And they have these meals that they provide, these nutritious meals that they deliver. And God's love, we deliver. And I just think, you know, the organization is so, it's, it's just a very kind of basic in a way, in a good way. You know, it's like you have a need, you have people that are hungry, you have people that volunteer and the custody, you don't have to pay anything. It's all donations and they make these great meals. They have a good time doing it. And the people that volunteer feel great about it. You're making good food. Food goes out to people. And they have this kind of a, it's a kind of a camaraderie amongst the people that are involved that is really infectious and really, really fun. And they've made this, incredible thing. And I just, I said, this is a great, I can get behind this because if I give my money, I know it's going to go and feed somebody, you know, uh, or if I volunteer or if I use, if I shine a light on it with my social or whatever it is, um, it's going to a good cause, a cause that I can see. I know it's going to happen. The people that work there are so wonderful. The energy is so good. I've volunteered there before. I even knew Steven and I made some meals and it's, it, the kitchen is like all buzzing and Everybody just loves yeah. what they do. It's, it's really a terrific, it's a terrific organization. It is. And they're so appreciative of anything that you can get. You know, it's like, depending if you give a little, you give a lot, it doesn't matter. They're like, thank you so very much. We're so grateful. And uh, that you really feel like it makes a difference. I've done a couple of things there, donated some of my wine, which I'm going to be doing for the dinner coming up. And, uh, and then I get to be um, the sous chef experience once. And, and just, just a few things, you, know, you just kind of, you just like, sure, I'll, you know, I want to help out and, and be involved. So I just, uh, I love the organization. I've done some stuff with them over the years, too. I think we did a demo sort of right before COVID, remember, with Mike Anthony? Mm-hmm. But I had a friend, a close friend of mine, died from AIDS complications in 86. 
And we were, he was living in like a group home for the last few months of his life. And we were bringing him food because he couldn't go out. And there wasn't, this didn't exist. And so when they started God's Love We Deliver, I was into it immediately because it was such an obvious need. And then the ironic thing is that in the last year of my mother's life, she was getting meals from God's Love We Deliver. Although Mm. she complained, but she complained about (laughs) She complained about everything. They're not they're really not very good. <laughs> she, was like, she said, I want to switch back to Meals on Wheels. I don't like this. I don't like it. <laughs> but she she didn't eat. That's she funny. actually didn't eat hardly anything the last year she was alive. You know, she'd eat like a tomato or a yeah. quarter of yeah. a head of lettuce or something. And or yeah. she'd drink a glass of milk and she'd call that dinner. But yeah, she Yeah. She never was. She never had a great palate, to tell you the truth. So when she would <laughs> criticize some food, you just would be like, "Whatever, ma." You know? That's hilarious. Well, you you got the palate. Isn't that funny how the way it usually starts? You know, your parents are one way, and you kind of go the opposite yeah. way. Well, I mean, to her credit, and I used to I used to say things sort of semi publicly and say, "Well, my mother's alive. I can't." really tell the truth about this because she might hear this, but I would be sort of critical of her. And then long before she died, it was in enough time for me to tell her, I realized that she gave me the gift of believing that you had to put dinner on the table every night, that that was like the critical thing. And the thing about my mother was that she didn't like cooking. She didn't particularly like eating. She did it out of obligation, and she probably resented it, although she never would have said that. But she did it. And that's what I learned, is that someone puts dinner on the table every night. And, you know, I I wouldn't even say that that's a rule in today's society. You can't imagine how people who work have that. In a family with only one parent or with two parents both working, you can't imagine how anyone would have the energy to put Dinner on the table, I was lucky enough to make a career out of putting dinner on the table, so it was a little different, yeah. but I do owe a lot of that thinking to her, so. Yeah, yeah. My dad, I got a lot from my father, who was a good cook, and uh, he, he honestly, he enjoyed it, I think. I mean, his, you know, I think his great, one of his great pleasures, I think, was he was a stockbroker, so he would work. And the market would finish about two. He'd go to the golf course and because he was he'd been a golfer since he was a kid. Very good golfer, in fact. And he'd play. And then on the way home, he'd swing into the grocery store. He should have lived in Europe, actually, because he would shop every day. And he'd buy stuff, bring it in, and he would get going in dinner. He'd pour himself a really healthy gin and tonic, and then he would start cooking. And uh, I remember we would watch episodes of The Galloping Gourmet back in... I mean, I don't know, 70s, I'm guessing, uh, somewhere in there, mid-70s, early 70s, um, one of the early cooking shows, you know, because I think he liked Grant, Grant he, had such a, he was very witty, and of course, he got progressively drunk as the, as the episode went on, you know, and I'm, I'm like, oh, this is perfect. And uh, so, but he, he put dinner on the table for us, and when he was with my mom and we lived, they would work together in the kitchen, which was nice, and he was always, you know, he'd be outside grilling every single, even in the dead of winter in Yakima, where, we, where I grew up, which could be, you know, snowy and cold. He'd be out there, you know, probably with a beer or a gin and tonic. Of course, that was part of the ritual. How did you get your son into it? You know, he just, um, 
he just kind of was curious and you know, with kids, you, and I'm not, I'm not as good as I should have been, but you know, he'll, if you sort of say, come and, and, you know, let's make some eggs, crack some eggs in here. You know what I mean? And that's like, okay, that's a cool activity, you know? Um, okay. Now we're going to, let's, let's put these in the mixer, you know, and then, and then we'll add, you know, some flour here. We'll do this kind of, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he just, you know, kind of really f- looking for activities in some ways, you know what I mean? Um, just to keep him off his, at the time to keep him off his iPad, keep him off of video games, <laughs> at least for a few minutes, you know what I mean? And then at the end of the day, you get to, you know, you get to eat whatever you, what do you want? He's, um, so, which is why I think baking appeal, which is why, you know, you know, the whole idea of sort of the cookies thing. And, and, uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's the kind of immediate gratification, I think. Um, a lot of people begin cooking with baking because they want dessert. So like, Oh, I should learn how to make brownies because, then I can eat brownies. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. And I'm like, that's exactly the not the thing that I need to eat. <laughs> right. You you actors, you have to, you must be on like crazy, you have like crazy food situations. Well, you, you know, you, everyone's different, but, but you can, yeah, you ultimately, I think my vanity takes over and I'm like, well, I have to look at least somewhat decent for this show, you know, and then if there's any kind of, scenes where any skin's exposed it makes it doubly frightening <laughs> um you were you know, very handsome as jeffrey pretty. i will say yeah jeffrey's jeffrey is very handsome well he's he, yeah you know when you're 23 you don't really get 25 <laughs> you're you know you're pretty you're you know you're pretty impervious to anything you know cut to 20 years later and you're like hello why is all this still hanging around my middle what about um, trey trey in the kilt? Come on. Trey in the kilt. Yeah, that was that was okay. So great. Um, I just said, please don't shoot my calves because they're non-existent. <laughs> but the kilt was okay. That's your um, insecurity? Calves? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have been very popular. And when was it when was it that the when you when the calf muscle was like 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 the sexiest thing on a man or something, something like in the seventeen hundreds <laughs> or something crazy like that, I would have that would have been very a challenging time for me. <laughs> <laughs> Could I just ask you one like totally irrelevant industry question, which is, yeah. um, it's not gossip. It's, <laughs> oh boy, what is this going to be? <laughs> it's not. Is there <laughs> like is there like lots of work for veteran actors because there's so much stuff being well? First, you know, everybody. COVID gave everybody an excuse to watch TV nonstop. Everybody wants to watch series. Everybody's binge watching. No one misses anything they want to see. And it just seems like there's new stuff being pumped out at unprecedented rate. And the, the thing you're working on sounds great, but it's hardly sort of traditional Kyle MacLachlan kind of work. Is it right. just like there's so much stuff available now that that there's just always work all the time? It feels like that. I mean, it feels like there are numerous opportunities for actors. And, you know, you have so many methods of delivery and, and companies that, you know, I mean, you've got Hulu and Netflix and Amazon and, you know, on and on and on and on. And it's just... It's crazy. You know, it's still challenging, I think, to find, you know, quality material is not in abundance, but it's there. What I find interesting is that 
there's a much greater range for um, ideas and interpretations and visions, really, the vision of the director, producer to, hey, I want to tell this story about this particular slice of the world and it's part sci-fi and part fantasy and this, and then it's real as well. And oh, there's going to be some animation in it. And then we're going to do this. And it's got little furry animals. Are going to, you know, like what is <laughs> coming up with, but people are like, yeah, that sounds great. Go make that. <laughs> and then you'll find an audience, right. you know, and, and it's like, okay. And who knows? I mean, no one really knows. Is it going to, maybe it becomes this viral hit, you know, um, but people are able to pursue their vision. And I think, I like to think that way back when, when we did, Twin Peaks, which was for network television for ABC. That's right. 89, 90. It was a little bit of a kind of a, a rift in the, in the fabric of creativity. And, and, and suddenly, because it was David Lynch bringing his vision to television, David Lynch and Mark Frost, both co-creators, I think it had an impact on, you know, a generation of filmmakers that were like, whoa, hey, look what we can do on television. And it just started this churning out of, of, of ideas and excitement and, and creativity. Um, and we weren't, you know, we weren't the, we weren't the only ones at that time, but we were certainly in the sort of in the beginning and it's led to just so much potential and television and streamers are no longer looked at as, Oh, that's that's where you that's you're relegated to that after you sort of finish your career in movies and you go to TV, you know, and you kind of it's like if they fart, they put you out to pasture, you know, which is kind of what it used to be. Now it's vibrant and alive and kind of leading the way, you know, apart from the tentpole movies that we see, which are fun. But there's so much more interesting stuff going on on television, I think. That's a really good point about Twin Peaks, though, because I do remember it was an event. I mean, it was a really big deal. And um, yeah, yeah, and it was television, and the fact that this yeah. movie guy was doing really great television, and you couldn't—it yeah. was also David Lynch, so it was so freaking weird. Um, yeah, yeah, true. I'm gonna ask you this because you did bring up Dune, and you know, one of my dear friends made me watch Dune. <laughs> this was years ago, and I thought I had to turn it off halfway through, and I was like, "This is way too weird. I don't get it." <laughs> I feel like I'm not smart enough and that's frustrating. And then, you know, now, of course, I love it. But then I read this interview that you did, I think, with The Guardian. And you said half the time, I feel like I don't really know what David's thinking. And it's just sort of him following his subconscious. And I thought, wow, like if he's okay with that, if Kyle's okay (laughs) with just sort of going along with it, shouldn't the rest of us just sort of go along with it and stop trying to overthink everything so much? (laughs) That's funny. I mean, I think so much of David's brilliance is really that he doesn't, he follows his, you know, his intuition, his his creativity. And if it doesn't necessarily, it makes sense to him in a way. And I've never really spoken to him in depth about it. I don't think he would want me to. In fact, he just, you know, he's like, that's his private domain. But I feel like you really, if you're going to invest in a experience, you just have to sort of let yourself go or let your you know mind go a little bit and just and just have the experience because he's very specific about everything he does from you know framing obviously he started as a painter so the frame is very important the movement within the frame the music and the sound of course is incredibly important um and almost about how 
you feel. So you have to turn off, well, that doesn't make sense right there. But you're like, oh, it does. It's somehow making sense. I can't tell you how or why, or maybe it's not making sense, but maybe it's going to make sense later. You know, it's this whole journey that you have to just, you sort of have to take your hands off the wheel and, and just go with it, I found. And less so, you know, Dune was a structure, you know, it was a book. Now, if you come to that movie without having any prior knowledge, it's, you know, it's incomprehensible. You just don't know what's going on. You, you, you might for enjoy that. <laughs> no, you might enjoy the, you certainly enjoy the journey and the visuals, but it's like, I'm, I'm going to come away with this and I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> um, I was a huge fan of the book since I was 15. I read the book like maybe twice a year. I mean, it was really a, a very important piece of literature when I was in junior high and high school, helped get me through a lot of stuff. So that at the end of the day, it turned out I was playing Paul. I was like, this is just almost unreal. But I know that I was not the only person that had that affection for the book. I mean, there's many, many, many people. I just happened to be fortunate enough to be the guy that played Paul the first time out. And I, I love our movie. You know, I, I, I love all the, the inconsistencies. I love the visuals. I love the sort of the awkward moments. Um, the fact that it sort of rushes to conclusion because we ran out of time and everything about it. I just like, it was just great. Um, uh, I also enjoyed the new one. I enjoyed the new one that director Denise Villeneuve did and, and Timothy's performance. I, I enjoyed that too, you know, cause I, I love the story and I love the characters, but I have a particular fondness for ours. It was hard for me to watch a different Paul, but. <laughs> <laughs> they pretty good me. hair though. I got to say, I mean, at the end of the day, Okay, we have here what may be the world's first original Kyle MacLachlan recipe. It is called Render the Head of Cauliflower Garcia. And it is briefly described by Kyle in the course of our interview. One head of cauliflower, a couple of tablespoons of olive oil, one and a half tablespoons of cumin more or less to taste. A teaspoon of spoked paprika, we call that pimenton, but a teaspoon of that, myself, I would use more. So could we say, or more or less to taste on that? A teaspoon of salt or to taste, of course. Two tablespoons of panko breadcrumbs, two tablespoons of finely grated Parmesan, and a splash of white vinegar. Preheat the oven and a baking sheet at 375. Render the head of cauliflower into bite-sized pieces not too small. In a bowl, coat the cauliflower with the olive oil. Add the cumin, smoked paprika, salt, panko, and Parmesan. Mix with your hands to coat the cruciferous cauliflower. And then splash with the vinegar. Then fling those bad boys onto the preheated baking sheet. Roast again at 375 for about 45 minutes, stirring occasionally Add more Parmesan the last five minutes of cooking and don't stack the cauliflower. You want the pieces to roast. If they're too close, they'll steam and come out soft. There it is, folks. It's a recipe, the likes of which I've made many times, but not with cumin, pimenton, and Parmesan. That's an unusual combination. So worth trying, I think. Well, that was fun. It's always great to meet a celeb, a genuine celeb, who actually cooks and and provided us with a recipe. I mean, how often does that happen? Not that often. So thank you to the lovely Kyle McLaughlin. I feel like once again, I've made a friend and we're going to see each other 
as I'm recording just before our release. We're going to see each other later today on a God's Love We Deliver Culinary Council. You can follow Kyle on Instagram and at Twitter at Kyle McLaughlin. That's K-Y-L-E underscore M-A-C-L-A-C-H-L-A-N. Thanks also to Kate Bittman, our producer, and of course, today's co-host, to Davis Lloyd, our engineer, and our theme music is courtesy of my friend Moby Hall. Thanks for listening. Please do subscribe and leave comments and ratings for us and reach out to us at food at markbitman.com. See you next week when we will have somebody amazing. Bye for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.